What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, and let's know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular cast or topic you'd like to have on, we're always checking comments on YouTube. Love to hear from you guys and then be able to get your suggestions on the future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Maddie Graves. And if you're into diesel performance, diesel racing, um, you know that she's at the pinnacle of diesel racing sports, set a bunch of records. I wanted to chat with her. I've actually wanted to chat with her for a really long time and ask her about racing, her passion for it, um, her future goals, what it's like being a woman in motorsports and setting records, you know, being at the, uh, you know, in the winner's box a, a ton of times and be able to get some insights. So for anyone out there who's looking into either doing motorsports or, you know, even starting a business, doing something new, there's a lot of lessons and a lot of insights that translate over across a bunch of different industries, a uh, bunch of different options that we have out there. So it's going to be a great, a great chat with her. Really look forward to it. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site wide code. If you use, um, if you go to kershaw.kaiusa.com, use code 23diesel20, you get 20% off. They got a ton of different knives. So if you need something for hunting, fishing, EDC, something at the job site. They've definitely got something to meet any budget, and there's a ton of cool designs. Um, in 2023, they've released a whole bunch of new knives. One of their newest models are the Duralock, which I've got a few of them myself. I love them. Um, the way that the blade opens and closes, it's super smooth, keeps your fingers away from the blade um, when you're opening and closing it. Blade's made out of D2 steel as well, and there's a bunch of different designs for the blade handles. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure, head on over, check them out, use that discount code get 20% off. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Manny Graves, chatting with her about racing, setting records, um, her plans for the future, motorsports in general, and tips that we can use whether we're looking to get into motorsports ourselves, start a business, progress through really any challenge or anything that we want to pursue. Maddie, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I've been wanting to chat with you for such a long time. I've been a big fan of all that you're doing, the incredible records that you're setting in diesel and you keep topping them like all the time. So it just keeps getting faster and faster. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today and I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> I now I, I see, you know, I see how fast you go. I see you all over the country racing, but I don't know where that excitement and passion and drive started for you. Tell me a bit about when you were younger and getting into, or, you know, really passionate about racing how did that start so i it sounds cliche but it all started with my dad you know he owns highly rock customs and he he got his start in diesel racing truly with his 04 crew cab and you know when he was racing his biggest thing was he wanted the record for quickest duramax with an allison transmission um and it started out being he wanted the quarter mile record and and obviously quarter mile kind of died out, became a little bit more sketchy. So then he started chasing the eighth mile record. And while he never got it, um, he actually, the truck that he was chasing it with, he actually sold it to Mark Roviak and Mark Roviak ended up getting it. And, um, but yeah, it all started with him. And when I said I wanted to go racing, he was like, you know, it's going to be a diesel no matter what it is. And I said, that's fine. I wouldn't have it any other way. So <laughs> it kind of just, it was in my blood. I before he had his crew cab, he was racing, you know, dump trucks, Peterbilts. He had a Chevelle at one point. Like, I was just always at the racetrack. Like, that's all I knew was every Friday we're going to the racetrack because he's going to be racing something. 
Did you did now did you start racing yourself when you were younger or was it something later on that you you know started to go to the track and and learn the skills that uh that it takes to just be proficient and successful at it? So I actually which a lot of people don't really understand my passion for it how I I've always had the passion for racing but I didn't start until I was 16 and I had my driver's license. So I never got the junior dragster experience. I was always, you know, I was always the one at my dad's door before he went down the racetrack. Like I was always that type of person at the racetrack. And then I got my driver's license and I started out in a F-350 Ford pickup truck is what I started out in. <laughs> and I, as soon as I went down the mile for the first time, I was hooked. So I knew I belonged in a, in a race car at some point that I was done being, you know, the pit crew. <laughs> <laughs> How did, um, now when I think of like what you're racing and I think of Holly Rock, I think of Duramax. How did yeah. you start out with a Ford? So uh, that's like the biggest misconception about my dad's business. He thinks that because he's a, a diehard, like a Duramax guy that he only works on, he's on Duramaxes, but it's not true. We work on everything and Fords are majority of what's out in the parking lot right now. So, um, it kind of was a business move just to show like he's not biased. He'll work on any type of diesel you got. And we actually ended up really falling in love with the Ford. It was a 2015. So it was a six, seven. And it, it was honestly like one of our favorite trucks that we've had in the, in the clan. And um, yeah, so it was more, more business related, but it was also for me to you know say I had a truck at one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Cause I think, a lot of times from the outside looking in, whether we're following media or social media or YouTube, and we see people who are successful race trucks, race teams, we think that's all that they work on or all that they specialize in. And that's why whenever I hear like a different truck than what I think, you know, from the outside looking in, I always like to ask because there's so much depth and so many, so many layers with it. What was, when I think back to my first time racing, it was just a test and tune and I never went really that fast or anything, but I remember I loved it. And it was really exciting. And I remember the adrenaline and like my legs shaking when I was like going around the water box and, you know, four high. And it was just, it was something that really captivated me. <clears throat> what was the process like for you learning how to get better? Like from that first time to, I mean, where you're at now having the fastest diesel on the planet, like what was that growth process like? Uh, I think, Honestly, from even just from my truck to getting into the dragster, it was all just about procedure and doing the same thing every time. You know, once you're lighting up the beams, everything goes out the window. It's just more about focus at that point. But like even like you said, you know, you have to drive around the water box. You have to make sure the truck is in four, four high. Like you have to make sure tow haul is on or off. Like <laughs> it's all these little things that you have to pay attention to. But then... You know, once you light that first beam, it's like everything just shuts off. And now all you're worried about is going down the track as straight as can be, as safely as possible. So it's kind of the transition was obviously hard because I've never been in a true race car before. Um, so like the biggest thing was just the difference in wheelbase. You know, I'm in 272 inches so I can't just whip around the corner of the racetrack like I could in my pickup truck <laughs> yeah and um but yeah I it was kind of just like the same thing of walking myself through the process 
once I got into the drugstore, it was like, okay, make sure this button's on, make sure this button is off, watching your oil pressure, you know, making sure that one of my guys is turning on CO2 and nitrous. And it was, it was kind of just like the same thing, but it's, you know, I still feel the same way when I like that first beam, everything just disappears and it's just me and my race car and the racetrack. Does it become like second nature? And the reason I asked that is I did a podcast with, uh, Johnny from Stainless Diesel, and I know he's a big fan of what you're doing and what you guys do. And he was talking. <laughs> I to love me. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was talking to me about how everything becomes automatic. And I thought, okay, when I would race, it wasn't automatic. It was just like, oh my god, I'm building boost. Okay, leave at the right time, and then it was just like, hold on and go. But at the level and the skill level that you guys are at, the way he explained it to me was just. It was like walking. It was like doing anything. It just became like second nature. Yeah, I think I'm to that point now where if like if I got into another pickup truck and just went to my race, my racetrack on a local on a Friday night or something, I probably would completely mess everything up because I'm just in I'm so in tune with my race car that like I know I know what it sounds like. I know what it should sound like. I know when something's wrong and I probably shouldn't leave the line. (laughs) But, um, and I don't say that in like, uh, I'm better than everybody else way, but I, in my short three years that I've been in this car, I feel like I've really have learned the car through and through. So it kind of is second nature. Like even, you know, when Andre makes his little changes, I'm aware of that. And he tells me, and then it just, you know, it just gets thrown right into the process and it's just. This is what I, this is what needs to be on. This is what needs to be off. This is what my RPM is. And it's just consistent. So when you're in that same process for so long, it comes, it comes second nature. Like I, I know what is and what isn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many questions I have for you. And it's like one reason people can tell these aren't (laughs) scripted because I'm going to bounce all over the place, but you just gave me a bunch of questions and ideas is I remember you had mentioned recently on a social media post, Andre tunes your vehicle, right? Um, and the way you phrased everything and what you were talking about, I could tell you value team. And I wanted to ask you about the team side of it that comes together because we see you and we see you going down the track and we see the records, but we don't necessarily know everything behind it that goes into a few seconds down the track. I wanted to ask you how important team is to you and maintaining it and working on it to be able to continue to go faster and, and, you know, break down more barriers with speed and power. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're racing, your team is number one. I, I, and I feel like any racer would ever tell you that because nobody does it by themselves. It's impossible. So, I mean, obviously it's me, my dad, my mom comes along as well. Uh, we have two family friends that come and help us when they can. Um, when we're not racing and we're at the shop, like we are now, because I decided to blow my car up two weeks before a race. Um, the guys that work for my dad for Holly Rock Customs, after hours, they come over in the race car bay and they work in the car after hours. So, I mean, even the team that's home and travels with me is major. But then there's also people that aren't technically on my team. They're just sponsors, but they they have helped more than enough. So like SNS, SNS was grateful enough to give me Andre. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean Andre's a Andre's a key part in this whole program. But then I have people like Johnny. Johnny, you know, these are pretty little turbos sitting back here from Johnny. Um, 
and just so many other people in the diesel industry that would be more than welcome to helping me. But yeah, my team is number one. I definitely could not do any of this without them. <laughs> yeah, it's, I imagine there's there's so many. I don't even know the right questions to ask because what from what I see, what you do, it's on a level I don't. I don't even understand. I just know it's 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 fantastic. It's awesome. I keep seeing records being broken. And the other part of it that really interests a lot of people out there are women out there, younger women who have the same passion that you do. Um, they want to race. They love to race. They love to do different things. And I wanted to ask you and spend a little bit of time on that part of it. Um, because when this episode releases, people are going to have heard some other ones that we've done with um, either heavy duty mechanics or people on the corporate side and how their passion for automotive has really driven them in their careers. And I wanted to ask you about that side of it. Were there any people you really looked up to any women out there that raced? What's, what's it like being so successful in a highly dominated male industry that can be older, maybe more rigid, maybe, you know, there can be things out there where they're hesitant to say, Hey, here's the, you know, go race this, or, you know, here's my marketing budget or go, you know, rebuild this Cummins or whatever engine it might be. What, what insights would you give into that? Uh, honestly, this is like one of my favorite questions now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so hard to like give the right answer because I always say I'm on the dark side of racing. I race a diesel not in the gas world and they just being a woman in racing is hard it's tough because it is so male dominant and it still is and you know they think uh it's not a place for a woman to be but I grew up watching NHRA like that is my that's my end goal is top fuel one day so I grew up watching Brittany Forrest and Leah Pruitt and Erica Enders and all the women in NHRA really like just paved the way for the women in all of the in the lower classes and you know I've been around I have a huge obsession with pro mods right now but <laughs> <laughs> so I've been around I've been around the gas world more so now than I ever have been so like there's people like Melanie Salemi that I absolutely adore and she's become one of my really good friends so many other women that even don't race but they work on the race cars and it's just in my short three years what i've learned is if you're if you deserve to be here you're going to be there and whether they like it or not they'll get over eventually and a lot of times it's just because you're better than them and i don't mean that in like a cocky way but like i have gotten the respect that i have because i've proven myself i didn't just show up and you know just come straight out the trailer and succeed right away it took me three years to get where i'm at but I deserve it. <laughs> you know, my team has worked hard and there's plenty of other teams that are working just as hard. And I know they're going to get the success that I had too. And I have, and by no means, I'm not afraid of anybody taking my record away from me per se. I encourage everybody to come after it. I, me personally, I think us resetting that world record has encouraged everybody to get their A game going and has pushed the diesel industry to come back to life. But, and being a woman that did it was just like the icing on, on the cake. Um, just because everything that happens in the diesel world is always, you know, it's male dominant. 
uh, in ODSS alone, I'm the only female in the pro classes. Uh, there's probably a handful of them that race in like the ET classes and everything like that. But out of the pros, I'm the only one. But they don't treat me any different. They don't give me, they give me just as much shit as they give the next guy. <laughs> but, and I want it to be like that. I don't want to be treated differently just because of my gender. Like I want, you know, I'm one of the guys per se when I go racing and I don't have any issue with that. Um, but at the end of the day, there's always those, you know, social media is huge these days. And there's always going to be that group of people that doubt you, tell you you can't do it, tell you you shouldn't be there. They say it's not, you know, it's not legitimate because you're a girl that did it or, you know, there's always going to be haters out there and it's not worth it. Like this sport is huge. It's massive. There's so many other classes you can run. So there's plenty of room for all of us. And if a woman is succeeding in one, let her. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about motorsports is it doesn't, it doesn't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't care about backgrounds, income, none of that. And I think that the, I think it just simplifies everything. So if you have talent and you have a good team and you're consistent and you're dedicated to it, it and you're, you know, being successful, people are going to recognize that. And, you know, I see, um, I don't remember when it was, but I saw some really funny like back and forth that you had with Ryan Milliken and you know, <laughs> he's been on the podcast a lot and I can tell there's respect there. Like he appreciates what you do. You appreciate what he does. And it's because of the talent, the skill that you guys have developed and the dedication to it. And that's so refreshing. I think, especially in 2023 and you know, where the world currently is, is there's a sport where you can almost leave some of that behind. And it's how good does Maddie drive? How consistent is she? What's her team like? Um, what's the performance like? What are her future goals? Is she hitting them? How quickly is she getting to them? And that respect is universal regardless of gender. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Ryan, for example, you know, I mean, my dad has been in this in this for years and years and years. So we've known Ryan forever. But you know, like that respect has grown and like he calls me his little sister now. So <laughs> it's like, but I, and like I tell the guys that I race with in pro dragster, like, you know, I'm not any different than you. We all have one common goal. Let's get after it. You know, we're going to joke around and, you know, be friends. But when we put that helmet on, be legit. Don't treat me any different just because I'm a record holder or I'm a woman. You race your race, I'm going to race mine, and let's put on a show for the fans because that's what we're here to do. What would you tell? What would you tell somebody that's younger? You know, say somebody 16, 17, 18, 19, just a younger woman out there that is passionate about it, and maybe they want to do exactly what you do. What are some things they can do to prepare for it? Is it is it racing? Is it gaining knowledge? Is it finding? um you know a team an opportunity what are ways that and this would apply to men too what are ways you can prepare yourself to be able to go race to be able to one day you know pilot something like you do and and be able to race the way that you do uh i mean honestly you know everybody's gonna say money is the key factor but <clears throat> uh for me personally having a team that supports you and believes in you and 
first and foremost, before you go get that team, you need to believe in yourself. If you don't think you can do it, then don't, don't race, don't waste the time and the resources and money to see if you like it or not. So be devoted to yourself and your passion first, and then find those people that share the same goals as you. And I found those people. And then with that, you know, I didn't start with as many sponsors as I had. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, my dad's company, Holly Rock Customs, a couple of my local sponsors, which are just local businesses here. And from that, then you start to build your resume and you start to get, you know, numbers to your name per se. And that's when you start to find companies that also resemble the same goals as you. And that's my biggest thing. I don't call myself like a marketing professional by all means. But when a sponsor approaches or a company approaches me to sponsor, I always look to see how they treat their other, you know, racers that they sponsor. And I also want to share the same goals as them. So that's why I have so, so few sponsors because I'm very selective. And honestly, from there, depending on which route you go, because I've heard everybody's different opinions when you race in a different circuit there's a lot of people that aren't supported but um once you find where you fit in yeah it's the easiest thing ever to just you know go straight to the top because the support if you're in the right group is just there and that's one thing that I love about the diesel community and I don't really want to leave it is because of support you know we can all act like we hate each other and talk shit and this and that and you know go banter back and forth but at the end of the day, if we need something, I know so many people I can go to and I they'll take the shirt right off their back for me. And, you know, for me, uh, honestly, if I was talking to somebody younger, I would say get the experience as soon as you can. And I didn't have that. And I wish I did sometimes. And, you know, I watched the little junior racers and they're getting the experience they need that they can carry and they could take their racing career for another 20 years. And there's going to be people who have race cars that are going to look at them and say, well, they have 20 years experience. So I'm going to pay them to race my race car over somebody who's only been racing for three. So experience is number one. If you have the resources to get in the junior, do it. <laughs> and then just take it, take off from there. The, the partnership side, I wanted to ask you a question before we transition to the gas versus diesel side, which I'm really curious about your opinion on is you think when you're starting out, maybe it's your first couple races, maybe nobody really knows you and it might be hard for partnerships or sponsorships to be involved, but now they see you everywhere. They see you racing. They hear you on podcasts. They see you on YouTube. They see you on social media. You're setting these records. I imagine the inquiries go up from there. And companies say, oh, I want to work with you. I want to have you know, my logo on the side. Um, I want you to talk about it or you know, have it on your uniform or helmet or something like that. How, how do you sift through all those proposals or those inquiries or those companies that reach out to you to really find the right partners? Like I know you had mentioned how do they treat other racers, but I think there can be a misconception in diesel, especially like even on the truck side, the pickup truck side, whether it's ET or any of those where people think, well, I just need as many sponsors as I can get. I'm going to have any company that'll work with me. I'm going to work with them. And one of the things I've seen from my perspective is not all partnerships are good. 
not all of them help you help the company. And it's so hard to be selective when you have kind of the, I don't want to say requirement, but the money side does play a role, whether it's traveling, fuel, lodging, things like that, that people do. There can be this inclination to say, okay, I'll take the money or I'll take the support. And then it ends up not being a very good relationship. So what advice would you give someone to select the right one and be able to have good partnerships? So, and I, I know everybody's different. There are some racers where they will work with the company strictly just because the money is there. You know, the company is offering X amount for, you know, A, B, and C in return. For me and my team personally, we, you know, I don't look at the money side of things. I'm more so product. What can you physically help me with on my car? And, you know, and the support. So we have SMS and they're major all throughout the diesel community. And, you know, with SNS, I got Andre, who is my tuner. <laughs> um, but like, like <clears throat> when I blew this engine up, like they pulled the injectors out and overnighted them and I'm already going to get them back. So it's just, it's that support that you get and it's the resources and they're always at every race that we're at. So we know that if we need anything, they're there, they're going to help us. So it's just, it's things like that. And it's the same thing with like Hot Chef Secret. You know, Kyle Fisher is at every race with us. And he comes and sees us as soon as we get there every time. He's like, what do you need? Do you need transport? Do you need oil? What do you need? So it's just, it's that support that you get. And, you know, I'll happily rep anybody that is there and they mean it. They genuinely give you the help that you need. And there are some people who, you know, genuinely need the money to continue going racing. But I just, I look at it as, you know, this industry is small, but it's not that small. So any help that you can get, take it. And that's what we do. You know, I look for sponsors that are actually going to help my race program as a whole and give me more than just money or product. That's a really good, that's really good advice. Because I think when you mentioned like overnighting injectors or you're at a race and SNS is there, Hotshot Secrets, that is worth money, even though it may not be, you know, somebody handing you a bag yeah. or an envelope or yeah. a wire transfer or check or something like that. That's money. And if you can be on the track and you get to, you know, get it back up and running and, and go out there, then that's worth a lot in some ways, even more than money. Yeah. And, you know, they, and I help them out, you know, social media is, you know, that's what most companies ask for. They're, you know, they'll give you a number and say, I'll give you this if you, you know, make three posts on social media and get X amount of views and, you know, this amount of engagement. And it's kind of a mutual thing, you know, SNS will post any and all of us whenever we tag them in something. And Hotshots is the same way, but they do the same for, you know, they make YouTube videos uh, on us, like Hotshots just posted one about all, everybody in the Dragster class. Um, and then I, I do the same, you know, I, I wear their merch in my YouTube videos. I tag them in everything that I post. And it's just a mutual respect that we give each other because we know we're helping each other out at the end of the day. When I think about the gas first diesel side, my perspective is more so from like the daily driving towing perspective and everything that's gone on with the diesel side. And then there's these hybrid things and, you know, there, there's so many different aspects to it, but the racing side, I don't know a whole lot about like Ryan talked to me years ago about, um, 
like retiring or selling his truck and he was going to do the Nova <laughs> and I've had bed shaddy on to talk about his and I know hot shots is doing some or Firepunk is doing some stuff and and everything what has what's the landscape like for gas versus diesel and you had mentioned wanting to get into you know a different class a different type of racing in the future help me understand what it's like on the on the, the motorsport side of diesel versus gas and the, the future of it so there's actually a lot and we think about it all the time just because i want to be in a pro mod at some point and you know everybody's like oh, okay we'll just build a diesel pro mod and you know, i you know kind of break their hearts when i tell them that i don't want a diesel pro mod <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's a lot that goes into it and when you go gas racing even in like a trackster, because I do run PDRA. So I run with gassers every once in a while. And that was, you know, that was a whole new world for us. And especially for PDRA, because they don't really race with diesels. I think Jarrett went to one race last year and it was, it was a learning curve, a big one, just because, you know, we're a diesel, we have to sit at the line and spool. And when you're racing at a gasser, they, for one, they can't run that long and for too, it's kind of rude and inconsiderate to let them sit on the line on the rev runner for that long. So it was a huge learning curve, but once we got over it and we learned, we got our routine down packed and we respected theirs, it was like they just opened right up and let us in. But even on like the maintenance side of things, like I have so many friends that race pro mods and it's just, you know, watching what they do after every pass. It's like, well, I don't have to do that. You know, I get my car back to the pit and I just hook the trans cooler up to it and it's done. You know, they're pulling the valve covers off, they're checking the valves, they're putting new spark plugs in and it's it's a lot of work. So from certain aspects, you know, racing a diesel is easy. <laughs> but uh, I, at some point, you know, I would like to progress a little bit more, but I'm not in any rush. <laughs> is, it, um, is it the overall... Is it a performance difference between the two? Like how fast you can go? Um, maybe the arena or the the size of it is bigger, or what's the what's the the main driving force in your future goals to be able to do that? Uh, it's definitely just progression in you know the performance, and I'm not saying that a diesel can't run the same numbers that they run eventually. But when you're running against a pro-charged dragster that just went a 372 compared to your 4.0, whatever, it's like, wow, that's that's huge. Like, the dragsters alone in PDRA are insane. Um, and they're actually racing Saturday at VMP. But it's just the performance that a pro mod has in a gas engine, whether it's screw-blown, pro-charge, turbo, nitrous, it's just the performance difference is major. It's huge. I mean, you have pro mods that are running 359s, and it's, you know, when is a diesel ever going to get there? Do I hope it does? I would love to see it, but it's just when. Yeah. You know, we're, we're probably like five years behind them in technology. So could it ha happen? Yeah, but do I want to wait for it to be me? I could just build a pro mod and go do it right now probably not <laughs> yeah that's that's something i can definitely 
identify with and understands. I hear it a lot from listeners like that are daily drivers or towing vehicles or maybe they do racing, you know, every now and then is the technology difference and the head start that they had. And it seems like diesel has caught up. Well, not caught up, but it's progressed really quick over the last, especially 10 years, but it's still, it's still behind. And I think that enthusiasts and I'm sure racers and teams out there, they're, it's competitive, right? Like you want to go as fast as you can. You want to, you want to do those things. And I hope one day it it does get there. So we want to, want to talk about it. want to, want to cover it. But, um, I know out there people can think, well, if it's not diesel, I don't care about it. Um, they're a traitor to the, to the sport. They're going to something else, but I I wanted to, you know, spend a a little bit more time on that because, I don't know if they understand that. I don't know if they understand when your your drive is to go fast and to compete. Do you want to wait five years, ten years? Will it even happen in five or ten years? You don't know. So you're just going to stay where you're at and almost become stagnant or yeah. keep progressing. Yeah, and like that's like the biggest thing nobody really understands is like, yes, we're moving in the right direction. And honestly, in my opinion, when the diesel world got introduced to MoTeC technology, we have progressed like that in no time. There's so many people that are running MoTeC and the capabilities that it has for a diesel engine is immaculate. It's it's amazing to see what we can do. But like, even when you sit back and look at it, you know, Firepunk went at 399, uh, I guess it was two years ago now. So it took two years for somebody else in a diesel vehicle to run another 390 pass. And you know, pro mods don't wait that long. Pro mods are, you know, or any type of gas powered vehicle, they're setting records every race they go to. So it's, it's like, yes, we're progressing, but we're not, we're not at that same speed. And, you know, the competitiveness that a gas engine can bring, you know, I went to World Series of Pro Mod back in March because my best friend was racing and you had a whole field that was separated by, you know, thousands and hundreds of a second like the competitiveness is just there every race there's no comparison like and you know i went to i went to ucc and i was number one qualifier with a 401 and everybody else was running you know 420s 430s and it was good racing but the competitiveness wasn't there because you know i put two tenths on the whole field so it was like everybody needs to you know we're progressing but we're not progressing at the rate that everybody would like us to and you know the dragsters alone have stepped up so much in the dragster class and you know beach bend is a perfect example i went a 418 and i was qualified dead last so if that doesn't tell you how much everybody got on their a game between ucc and beach bend then i don't know what does and I loved it. It made me want to go out there and just, you know, run balls to the walls and just put my best foot forward and, you know, do what I could from being number four. And <laughs> when you look at everybody's numbers from UCC to Beach Bend, it, they, they stepped it up. And that's what, you know, we need that as an industry as a whole. You know, we need people pushing to better themselves because when we do better, the industry does better as a whole. So we're in, we're going in the right direction, but not at the same pace as everybody else is. 
I think a lot of people can identify with that because even if we don't race, you still want to be the best at what you do with your job or if you have a company or whatever it is you're doing. It's just a drive that everyone has. And I think the way you explained it, it puts it in perspective for us a lot. You know, when I look back at diesel truck racing, which is, I mean, really that's what got me interested in diesel trucks 15 years ago was somebody with a tuner, they had a smarty and a built transmission on their five, nine. And it was like, Oh wow, it's pretty quick for, you know, this heavy truck that has four wheel drive Mm -hmm. and it sold parts. You know, there were events all over the country and companies would go and you'd see logos and things like that. And then you might not build that truck, but you think, well, if you know, this truck can run whatever it runs, those are the parts I need. That's uh, turbo or the manifold or the CP3 or the injectors or whatever it is. It, it, it just, it built a whole industry. So I, I can definitely identify with, uh, with what you said there. And I think it's so crucial. And, you know, when there was that transition from diesel truck racing to now it's in these other lighter platforms, it had to get lighter to go quicker. And Ryan did a, a really good job of explaining to us, the gas vehicles he races against and some of the rules that are put in place for him because of, you know, the weight and the other things. It was just, it was so eye-opening, you know, to see it. And I think, I think people are going to understand and, and just be able to appreciate it, you know, even more now for your, you know, like for the rest of this year, what are, what are some goals that you have? What, where, what are some races you're going to be at? Where can people see your performance, see what you're doing, you know, be able to follow you and maybe they have questions. Maybe someone out there is listening and, they're like, I want to do exactly what Maddie does. I want to, I want to be there one day, but you know, I run into these obstacles where the guys tell me, Oh, I can't do it. Or, um, I can't find the sponsors or, you know, whatever it might be. What, um, you know, how, how can people follow you? So I'm on just about every social media platform, uh, Instagram and TikTok are just at Maddie Graves. I have a YouTube channel, Maddie Graves, one, two, eight, uh, Facebook, Maddie G motorsports. Uh, if you send me a message, I typically do see them unless they end up in my request, but I do check those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we are on the last stretch of our ODSS season. So we are on our last three races. So next weekend I'll be in Crossville, Tennessee for Rocky Top Diesel Shootout 10. And then we go back to back to Wagler Motorsports Park. So August is Shide's Diesel event and uh, September is uh, Jeremy Wagler actually stepped up and gave us our season closer event. So we're back out at Wagler. Uh, the plan is to also run a couple more PDRA races. So I might possibly be in Galat for North Carolina race and then PDRA world finals at Virginia Motorsports Park. But yeah, we're chasing, we're, we have one goal in mind right now and that's the ODSS championship. Uh, I'm number one in points. Hopefully it stays that way. It might not. You never know. But that's our number one goal. And then uh, I am the ODSS Pro Jackster Class record holder. And I still, I have, I'm a world record holder, but I've never run a three-second pass at a diesel race with my diesel people. So <laughs> that's, that's a secondary goal. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, no biggie. But our main goal is championship this year. Very cool. It was, I said, I've been following and seeing what you've, what you've been doing for quite a long time and i've wanted to connect for a while to just be able to know more about you the vehicle your goals um insights that people can use for i mean we talked about racing but a lot of the things you mentioned they're universal topics for business they're for 
he's getting you know better as a person, pursuing something, going after a goal, maybe um, overcoming obstacles. So it was really cool to chat with you. Um, I look forward to seeing what you do, not just in diesel, but you know, one day in gas and hopefully we can connect, you know, in the future and I can you know, say, Hey, remember when we did that podcast way back when, and you know, look where you're at now and, and all that stuff. So it was really, really cool to chat with you. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23 diesel 20 for 20% off site wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you're in the market for a knife for EDC or hunting, fishing, something job site around the house, They've got you covered with a bunch of different knives and they're all priced to meet, you know, whatever your budget is. Um, you get quality and a bunch of different choices. We chatted with them in January about some releases that they were planning for this year. And one of the newest releases are the Duralock models, which it's got a really smooth opening mechanism. Um, keeps your fingers away from the blade when it opens and closes. And there's a bunch of different uh, choices for blade shape, um, blade length, different handle designs, and the blades made out of D2 still. So it's a, really solid uh, knife to use however you want to use it um you know depending on the task at hand they've definitely got you covered so make sure head on over use that discount code and get 20 percent off site-wide also want to give a shout some shout out to some of our patreon supporters tyler low and a 23 diesel j cole john all of our other patreon supporters all of you who subscribe on youtube podcast apps follow us on social media pages we appreciate your support here in year seven of the diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you guys want to hear in 2023 Until next time, keep the shiny side up.